the only thing I would say is we are, when we make a third step decision, we are placing ourselves on God's team. We are, we are telling God to, to help us help the rest of his children. We are now on your team. And there is, there is the beginning of a deep spiritual experience that starts with step three. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you're all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Hola, compadres. From Studio AA deep in the heart of Texas, that was my friend, Mr. Chris S., that you heard at the beginning of this episode, and you this episode, and you're going to hear so much more from him in un momento. But I have to tell you before I go on, the reason I use that term compadres on the beginning of this prayer, this here episode, is because a listener named Alan wrote in recently and started. He's from California, and he started his email with. Hello, compadre. And I just absolutely love that. So thank you, Alan, for writing in. I appreciate you. But before we get to Chris S., first things first. This here episode is brought to you by, episode number 312, that is, is brought to you by Bryant and David and Kate and Marie and Marcos what you may ask that Bryant and David and Kate and Marie and Marcos do, well, they went to our website, www.soberspeak.com. They clicked on the little yellow donate tab and they made a contribution. So thank you so much, Bryant and David and Kate and Marie and Marcos. This here episode is coming right out to Ewan's and I'll add this on as well. Marcos left a little note with his contribution and it said, with love for the community of Alcoholics Anonymous and listeners of the podcast, little prayer hands. So thank you so much, Marcos. I appreciate that. All right, so I'm going to read a little bit of feedback, a little bit of listener feedback here because we got a lot on the other end. And I thought I'd just uh, read one of these pieces of listener feedback on the front end. And uh, before we get into uh, Chris's episode, and uh, this one is from 
JD. Uh, and JD writes in, and the subject line is, Greetings once again from the Sunshine State. And just in case you're not from the United States, that is uh, Florida, uh, the Sunshine State. But anyway, uh, he says, Hey there, John. Hey, JD. It's been a little bit since I reached out to you to provide my listener feedback. I was in my home group meeting this week with Michael H., another avid listener. Hello, Michael, if you're listening. Last night, and we were just talking about your recent correspondence with David G., the Five Alive, and Just Sober Speak in general. And so, David, I don't think he's the one who invented it, but he talks about it the most on this particular podcast. It's called The Five Alive. I keep saying I need to get that out on the website. It's like basically the five things you need to do to stay sober every day. Uh, And uh, anyway, uh, um, I should put that on the website. But nonetheless, uh, so that's what they're talking about is The Five Alive there. And he says, I realize I should probably write in to let you know how much this podcast has impacted has impacted my sobriety and all the ways I feel connected to AA when I hear your conversations with the various guests. Thank you for your continued service in bringing a multitude of perspectives to the airway for all to hear. I like that. Bringing a multitude of perspectives to the airways for all to hear. Very well uh, phrased there. I like that, JD. He says, one of my greatest joys in recovery has been seeing people like Michael H. Hello again, Michael H. And many others come into the rooms as newcomers, start working a good program and begin to Peace back together, a life that far outweighs the one they just left behind. Well said, J.D. Couldn't agree more. And he says, I've had the opportunity to see this miracle happen in many times since getting sober in 2019. Of course, tragedies are part of the deal, too. I've seen more than my fair share of chronic relapsers, one, two, three steppers, non-believers, and unfortunately those who didn't make it back. The point being uh, that because of your guests and their experience, strength, and hope, I have a constant source of encouragement and enlightenment for most every experience that one can have in sobriety, ever reminding me that we're all in this together one day at a time. Oh, so well put, JD. And he says, uh, you've got a good thing going on, John, and I appreciate the service and you and your guests provide. Keep on doing what you do. Be well and big prayer hands, J.D. in St. Augustine, Florida. Well, thank you, J.D., for writing in. It's so good to hear from you again. J.D., you and I used to see each other on a little... uh, uh, So at one point, and if you've listened to the back episode, you know that uh, uh, we did this... uh, 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 on Sunday afternoon, I think it was, maybe Saturday afternoon, uh, we did this little yoga thing 
uh, to where we would get anybody who wanted to come. We called it recovery yoga or something like that. I can't even remember. Sober speak yoga. And we would, um, we, we had a teacher at the time, but she, uh, she's gone on to other things. And so we had to quit doing it. But we had this uh, thing where we would once a week, we would get together and do a little yoga. And it was so good to actually see, not just hear from him via email, uh, JD in person at that time. And so anyway, good to hear from you again, my friend. All right, now on to our featured guest of the week. This is from a favorite. His name is Chris S., and this one's called Step 3, and we're calling this one God's Team. Chris will cover the definition of Steps 1 and 2 again as a base before moving on to Step 3, pages 60 to 63, what he calls toxic over management. I've never heard that term, toxic over management, and I like that. Uh, he talks about reduction of self and how self manifests itself. Reduction of self and how self manifests self, itself. A lot of selfs in there. He talks about self being the driver of my alcoholism. Uh, he talks about the affirmation prayer, as he calls it, and that's a third step prayer, and much, much more from Chris. And as always, we will have plenty of listener feedback at the end of this episode. Enjoy, Chris. Okay, everybody. So we are sitting here again with a return guest. Uh, he's had a couple of uh, a couple of uh, uh, episodes so far. The first one we called it was Re uh, "Recovery is Progressive," and then I think the next one was Step One and Step Two. And now, I guess the logical progression here would be that we have Step Three. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead introduce yourself? Give your sobriety date if you wish, and tell people where you live in this great land of ours. Absolutely. Uh, my name my name's Chris. I live in Blairstown, New Jersey. Uh, I my sobriety date is on or around uh, December twenty eighth, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, so I'll have, uh, I think I'll have like 30, 33, 34 years in December if I make it that long. And I'm very active in Alcoholics Anonymous, very, very, uh, enthusiastic about all things, uh, recovery related. And I'm really, really pleased to, to be on, be on this podcast. It's been, a, it's been fun. The, the, the three that we've done has been, been a lot of fun. Yeah, it really has been fun. And uh, I get a lot of comments, feedback when you're on, as you know, I send those things to you. And uh, uh, there was somebody who just like went gaga over the the definition you had a step one. So in fact, I why don't we go there again? I, I can't even remember what they were talking about. But when you think about step one in a, a definition per se, what comes to mind for you? All right. So so as we're moving into step three, it's important. It's there, there are prerequisites to step three. So many people think you just say the third step prayer and, and everything's wonderful, right? But no, you, the first two steps are really important. So when you're looking at step one, and I use the book Alcoholics Anonymous as the 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 informed uh, text for me to understand the steps. It's, you know, it's the foundational document for, uh, for the 12 steps. So, so it's, a, you know, it's, I, I feel it's appropriate 
to, to use it as uh, the text to define uh, these steps. And it, it doesn't ever say, you know, you know, this, this is step one, you, you know, in, 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 a, in a perfect way. But if you, if you read the material, you'll find that in the 60 pages or so that deal with step one, you'll find three things. One, you'll find that there, um, there's two parts of the, the alcohol step one. Uh, one of them, one of them is, is that one of them is, is that you, you can't control alcohol once you put it into your body. And that's the phenomenon of craving or the allergy of the body. So that's, uh, that's part of it. Like, and how that works with me is I take one drink, uh, that asks for a second, the second insists on the third, the third demands the fourth, and I want the 28th drink more than I wanted the 27th. <laughs> so, so that's, that's part of it. So it, it's a biochemical, spiritual, emotional reaction to alcohol that I have. Uh, the second part of the alcohol part of step one is the, the, uh, the obsession of the mind. So, so we all know it's dumb to put alcohol back in our body. I mean, we, you know, we're not, and, and we're not stupid people. We, we know the risk of putting alcohol back in our body. We know how many debacles that we've gotten into. We know that there's no more fun in it for us, you know, in the last years of drinking. Yet, we are unable to stay separated from alcohol. We can't, we can't do it. We, we, we can't stay separated. So they call that the obsession of the mind and they call it a strange mental blank spot, a subtle form of insanity, the queer mental twist that precedes the first drink. There's a lot of terminology in the book about it. And we have to be clear on that. If we're not clear on that, I don't know why we're going to go through the rest of the steps, right. but to be virtuous, <laughs> you know, try to fit in. And nobody wanted, no, nobody was just about to do these steps before, before they showed, they showed up in the 12 step rooms. Right. So there's a dash. And after the dash, after the dash is the unmanageability and the unmanageability is why life seems to just have no quality in it. You know, we, we're prey to misery, depression. We're restless. We're irritable and we're discontented. We have shame, guilt, and remorse. We have levels of self-centered fear and anxiety that just cripple us. And, and we, there's no, there's no quality in our emotional and our spiritual life. That's the unmanageability of alcoholism. And, and when we can fully admit that stuff, when we can say to ourselves, you know what? You just described my last four or five years. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if we can say something like that, then we have, we've admitted a problem and we can surrender. We can surrender that problem so that we can move forward with, uh, with a solution. And the solution is in step two. And the solution is. Uh, that we gain access to connection with a power greater than ourselves that can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That will, that, that will release us from this obsession to put alcohol in our body and will, you know, will, will, will slowly allow us to change our behavior to a point where, um, where, where quality can start coming back in 
to our lives. So we come to believe that that's possible for us. Many of us aren't 100% sure that the spiritual way of life is going to be our solution. Most of us are very skeptical of that, but we come to believe that it might be possible. It might be possible that, that this, that this thing, this thing called 12 step recovery, um, you know, will all, will offer me, um, the change in my experience that is necessary for me to overcome, um, the obsession of the mind that keeps me putting alcohol and or drugs back in my body and enables, uh, enables me to start to live a life that, that builds on, builds quality, uh, builds satisfaction, builds serenity, builds purpose. You know, I, I believe those first two steps are prerequisites prior to, you know, getting in front of step three. All right. So let's go ahead. <clears throat> That's a great summary of the first couple of steps, uh, very succinctly put. Um, and the, as you know, there's a lot of pages there before you get to the third step, uh, 63 or whatever, or 60. Um, and uh, I think you summed that up fantastic. Okay. So let's go on to the third step. So uh, third step made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him. So, and, and I know right before it goes into that third step prayer, talks a lot about the, the actor arranging the play and, or, or the director. And then it also talks a lot about selfishness and self-centeredness. So can, can you talk about those pages a little bit? Abs- absolutely. So, so we've, we've all heard the, the two pages worth of how it works. If you've ever been to a 12 step meeting, you know, they've read how it works as before the meeting gets started. You know, you know, you know, rarely have we seen a person. Well, well, at the end of how it works, uh, it says this, our description of the alcoholic, which is the material prior to page 60, uh, the chapter to the agnostic, which is the, the chapter we agnostics, um, um, before and after, before and after what? Before and after the drink. That's, that's what, it took me a long time to understand that. The description of the alcoholic before and after the drink. So I'm I'm not always drinking. A lot of times I'm in between drinks. So before I take a drink and after I take a drink. My experience and my our personal adventures make clear three pertinent ideas, uh, and those ideas are a that we we're alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. So, uh, so we really need to need to admit that prior to taking making this decision uh, to take the third step. Uh, B, that probably no human power could relieve our alcoholism. They're very clear on this. This is not a self-help program. This is not about, you know, figuring it out or, or, or you know, the, the key to success kind of a thing. This is a, this is a surrender program. <laughs> this, this, this is a, this is a gaining access to God program. And so, so we need, we need to, you know, understand 
that, that no human power can relieve our alcoholism. Listen, haven't human powers tried? Haven't we gone to counseling? You know, haven't we gone to treatment? Haven't we, you know, gotten encouragement from everybody? Haven't we tried? Haven't we tried? And if you're really an alcoholic, you've tried and, and you haven't gotten anywhere. Not, not unless, not unless you've been, you know, physically separated from alcohol or, um, you found a power greater than yourself. Um, and that God couldn't would if he were sought. So this is another thing. God, it doesn't say God couldn't would if God were found. You know, I think we, tr- we try to find God, but it's in the seeking. It's in the seeking that we get what we need. You know, so those A, B's and and C's are, are again, I'm going to call them prerequisites, you know, prior to, prior to moving into a decision. Now, now step three is deciding to go all in on this thing. Okay. Am I, am I all the way in? Am I, am I going to do my job? Am I going to do my job with the rest of these steps? Am I going to do my job to try to have this become a way of life for me? You know, am, am I going to make a decision and really focus in on it, come all the way in, sit all the way down, and really do my job? That's really what step three is about. And before we're, before they ask us to make that decision and then follow it up with an affirmation prayer, they're going to give us some material, the material that you were talking about beforehand. And, and the, the, there's three pages here that are so key uh, because, because Bill is saying, yes, we cannot overcome our drinking and that's a real problem. But he says what, what our real problem is, is it's an internal spiritual malady. And he's going to talk about what that is prior to us making the third step. Listen, we've gotten 14 reasons why we should make a decision to, to embrace a new way of life that's going to be a solution to, 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 to our alcoholism and our quality of life challenges, right? But again and again and again, he's going to give us reason after reason after reason. Now, my life had become unmanageable because I was managing it. Now, <laughs> now the thing, the thing is, about my life is, I made all the decisions. I decided where I was going to live. I decided who I was going to marry. I decided what kind of job. I decided what books to read. I decided what TV programs, what kind of car to buy. I mean, I am used to making my own decisions in my life. And it goes even deeper than that. I'm, I'm deciding what I believe. I'm deciding how I behave. And if it would have worked, it would have worked. Right. It's an abject failure. <laughs> right. So, so I'm sorry. I, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to admit that I have not managed my life very well. So, so it says here, being convinced we're at step three because we've, we've admitted the, the, um, the A, B's and C's. Uh, we decide to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood Him. Just how do we, just what do we mean by that? And just what do we do? So he understands that that's kind of a, a concept that 
leads to a lot of ambiguity, mm-hmm. ambiguity, right? So, so there's going to be some specific things in here, but for the next two, two, two and a half pages, he's going to talk about self. He's going to talk about what has really been defeating us. He's going to talk about the causes and conditions. He's going to talk about the thing, the condition that needs to be, that needs to be overcome. And that is our sense of self. Now, when I separated from alcohol, what was on me was a toxic experience of self-consciousness. I think I've mentioned that in, in some, some of the earlier shows. But what that looked like was I was always caught up in the past, the pain of the past and the anxiety of the future, just always. And, 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 and it, at a toxic level, you know what I mean? Like I would think about things somebody did to me in high school. I'm going to get him, you know, <laughs> or, right. or, or I would think about, you know, if I, if I go, you know, here and I, you know, I do this, it's going to be bad. You know, I know it's going to, you know, the, my, you know, I'll lose, lose my, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm staying home, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of anxiety. Right. So that's, that's a toxic experience of self-consciousness. That's not how we're supposed to live. Well, I suppose we have the capacity to go back into the past. We have the capacity to predict the future, but that's not where we're supposed to be. And, 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 and Bill is nailing it on the head saying that self is a condition that needs to be overcome. And only the power of God is strong enough to overcome that. Now, now that's, Unbelievable. Like, like I had to read this 50 times, a hundred times before I really got to the depth of what Bill, Bill was saying. And, and it's very, for 1939, it's very progressive. It was very new thoughty. It was very, you know, it was, it was, it was very Christian sciencey, you know, yeah. and, 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 uh, and, and he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right about this stuff. And I know that because I've taken the steps that follow step three. And I've found that what they do is they reduce my sense of toxic self-consciousness and they move me toward a God consciousness, a spiritual consciousness. And that is what recovery is. You know, recover, that is what recovery is. So let me read a couple of, I, I won't read every single word in here, but let me, let me read a couple of things. And, no, I'd love it. And, and I just have to tell you, Chris, while you're going through this is that, you know, I've been doing this a while like you. I got sober in 1989. We're very close to each other in terms of sobriety dates. And the only reason I preface that is because I want to say, while you are talking And while I am looking at the pages in the book here, while you're talking about them, I am filtering that through a particular situation that I have going on in my life right now. And I'm realizing how much I'm trying to control it, uh, how much I'm the selfish director here. And it just never... I, I wish that I would get to a point, maybe it's when, I, I don't know, 35, 40 years over, <laughs> it'll quit happening. I doubt it. But I always thought if I got to a certain point that that selfishness and the way that I filter problems in my life would disappear, but it doesn't. 
as you know. And so anyway, I just wanted to kind of let you know that that's going through my head while you're thinking I'm, I'm, I'm working out a spiritual solution while you're talking to the listeners. Funny, funny thing is, is I think a lot of people I know in their third decade, or maybe it would be our fourth decade of, of recovery are hitting this challenge to go deeper into these causes and conditions to look, look closer at the inner, inner mechanisms of our dysfunction, right? The things that block us off from, from this connection to God, we're, we're all like pushing up against that in our, in our, our 30, 30 years and 35 years sober. I've just, I've seen so many people do it. Um, but here it says the first requirement, be convinced that life run on self-will can hardly be a success. And I, and I just wanted to let people know who are listening, if they want to, if they don't know exactly where you are, you're on page 60 uh, in the big book. So just in case you're following along at home and you're new to the big book, this is on page 60 of uh, the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. Go right ahead. Right. It's right after the ABC. So, so, so convinced that life run on self-will can hardly be a success. So self-will. Um, so much in my life was trying to manage something that didn't need to be managed. <laughs> now let me now let me explain that. Um, I would I would set my sights on an outcome, and this outcome would have to do with how you behaved and how my family behaved, how my boss behaved, how my neighbors behaved, and and then I would try to manage toward that outcome. And, and there's 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 nothing more silly than that. I know, I know. You, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. So, so that's life run on self will. You know, I I know that if you would just listen to me, not only would I be happier, but you'd be happier too. <laughs> you, you, you know, the, like like uh, the, so much of recovery. So much of recovery is letting go of. Like letting go of this self-will run riot, letting go of life run on self-will. And it's not, it's not like flipping a light switch. You, you know what I'm talking about. You could, you recognize this mm -hmm. stuff years before really you make any impact in it sometimes. It's, it's, you know, we're like, like self does not want to kill self. <laughs> Self-centeredness does, does not want to go away. It thinks, it thinks it's the only way things can be controlled. So, so it, it, it's, it's a mindset. And I believe, I believe the rest of the steps place us in the environment for the reduction of this self. You know what I mean? Like the reduction of this self. So, uh, so there's a bunch of examples in here. You give some examples of, you know, how you run life on, on self-will, how you sometimes use flowers and so how you sometimes use threats, but you know, you're trying to manipulate people around and you're trying to, you're trying to move this and move that around. Uh, are we not really self-seekers even when trying to be kind? Are we not uh, a victim of the delusion that we can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if only we manage well? Mm. How many times have we come to in the morning and said, said, say to ourselves, I'm going to do better next time. 
You know, you know what I mean? I like, like I understand now and I've learned now I'm going to manage it all better next time. And the, and the, the real problem is that you're going to manage it. <laughs> we, we, so, so we don't live life by managing life. We live life by applying spiritual principles. Okay. So let me stop you there. Because, in fact, I just came back from a meeting, uh, and it was about the serenity prayer. It was a good meeting, and and there's, as you know, there's that line in there that says the 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 wisdom to know the difference, and and what people will get stuck on here, and even myself, uh, is that you're talking about self and removing self, uh, and 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 not managing it myself. However, there is a part that I have in the process. And, and there's a real fine line between me managing something and doing it in a non-godly way, non-spiritual way, whatever you want to say, and me doing it and taking the action that I need to take. Do you have people that bring that up to you ever? So if you are living life according to spiritual principles, the next right thing or the next appropriate move will become intuitive. And it won't necessarily take a lot of management coming down from self. So, so that, that's part of like, part of like the movement into, into recovery. You know, I have a, I have a, I have a sponsor who, uh, who just tries to remain, tries to remain conscious, you know, tries to, tries to, uh, be in the now and to experience things that are going on. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't make plans like, like I'm going to work in two hours or, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean that we don't make plans. The, the, this, this toxic overmanagement is really what our problem is. And, and it causes our personal relationships. It causes us, uh, all kinds of, uh, of, of problems with, with, with other, other people. Okay. So let me, I'm putting you in the hot seat here and you may not know the answer to this and, and, and it's okay, but I think these are the types of things that go through people's minds. So if you're in a, a situation where you have a, a, a boss that you don't get along with, or you are in a relationship that is somewhat toxic and you think about how do I navigate my way out of these particular situations and you're trying your best to, to turn it over yet you still need to put a, a meal on the on the table for your family you know in the boss situation or in the other situation you don't have a means to support yourself or something like that so i guess that is and i'm kind of answering my own question here is that that's when you go deeper into the steps you start to go through the process and you figure out the answers for yourself through a god of your understanding as you're moving along what's your thoughts yeah so so I've been put in positions where uh, a marriage became toxic. I've been put in situations where a work environment had become toxic. And what I really try to do in those situations is, is not 
get spun up in anger, resentment, and self-pity. Uh, and the, the things, the things that we're going to learn how to deal with from step four to step 11, <laughs> it's all going to be about how to handle these challenges in life without getting caught up in selfishness, self-centeredness, um, resentment, um, uh, dishonesty, all, all the, all the manifestations of how self, you know, it, emanates from us, especially when we're put into a corner. And as we, as we become better at applying spiritual principles, we'll be able to do things like this. We'll be able to not react with negativity when we're in a situation, our work situation has become untenable. And what we'll do is we'll We'll start to look for another job and, you know, we won't quit and slam the door or whatever. We'll just basically, uh, be able to say, you know, this, this job just isn't a fit for me anymore. Um, and, and, and I don't seem to really be a fit for you. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to be moving on, you know, uh, and I, I wish you all the best. And you go, no scorched earth, no right? No scorched earth. The same thing with a marriage. Yep. You, you know what I mean? I, I wish you the best. Uh, this, this is not, this is, this is not a situation that I'm going to be continuing in, you know, uh, 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 and as I exit this, I want to be as helpful as possible. Uh, I don't want you to feel that this is your fault or my fault. It's just, it's just a, a disconnection because it's no longer a fit and, uh, God bless you go in peace. Yeah, got, you know, yo, hey, Chris, I got to I mean? tell you, I have like chills going up my spine. You just really hit a nerve with me. And I, and I know I'm putting you on the, the spot with some really tough questions, really, but it's real life. You know, uh, we talked to, I, I talked to my sponsor about it. You know, I, I, uh, I talked to sponsees about it and such like that. And so I, I don't know, you, you really handled that with, with a lot of grace. I, I want to tell you that. And I don't want you to think I do it perfectly. And, you know? Nor do I. Like None of us. We learn what to do long before we're able to do it. <laughs> so there are times when, when, when I've been able to pull that off very, very well. And there's been, there's been other times where, you know, uh, uh, it was, it was like, uh, I, I went back into self. I just, I can recognize it quicker now and there's tools to get me out of it. But I'm going to read a couple more. This is where on, we're on page 62, about an inch down now. It says, selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. So we are going to hear about fear. We're going to hear about self-delusion. We're going to hear about self-seeking. And we're going to hear about self-pity. This is how the condition of self manifests, manifests in our life to cause harm and confusion to us and the people around us. As we move out of step three, step four, step five, step six, step seven, step eight, step nine, step 10, and step 11 are all about the recognition of these manifestations of self and how we apply a spiritual way of life. Our, our particular participation in the spiritual way of life so that these can become muted. If you're lucky, become removed. I, I haven't met too many people that have had these completely removed, but 
but the damage, the, the spiritual and emotional damage level is going to come down from DEFCON 5. You know, you know what I mean? And, and that's what the, that's what the, the steps are about. This, the steps are about the being driven by a hundred forms of these things. You know, I truly believe that, uh, I'm, I, when I walked in the doors, a powerless over alcohol and I'm driven by a hundred forms of a hundred, it says I'm driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking and self-pity. And I step on the toes of my fellows and they retaliate. Now, now if I'm being driven and I'm powerless, there's a case I can make that this is not my fault. There's a case I can make that I'm not responsible for any of this. But what the rest of the steps ask me to do is to become accountable for them accountable for the past mistakes, accountable for my, for my current behavior, become accountable. That's, that's going to be my job. God's job is that wholesale change that just seems so out of reach for us. We just couldn't do it. We, I, you know, I know, I know I should be better. I, you know, I, I know I screwed up again. You know, no, we, we need, we need a power that'll pull us out of that stuff and release us from that stuff. So I'm going to read one more, um, I'm going to read one more sentence. And I think this is, this is almost mystical, right? This is almost mystical. On page 64, halfway down, it says, being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. And this is going to move us into step four. So if self defeated us, my question would be, aren't we self? And isn't us all of us? And what, and the conclusion that I've come to, the conclusion that I've come to is self is the condition I suffer from. And us, us is who I am. There's more than one of, one of us here, Chris. <laughs> you, you understand what I mean? Like, you know, you, you understand what I mean? There's more than, there's more than one of us here. The condition of self wants to cut me out of the rest of humanity. I'm one of God's children. I'm one of God's children. So everyone is my brothers and, and sisters. And I'm treating most of them like crap. You know? And it, it so so it's it's because this this condition of self has cut me away and cut me off from you. And that's my alcoholism. Mm -hmm. That's the driver for my alcoholism. Yeah, I put too much alcohol in my body. I yeah, I allow myself to be overserved on occasion, John. But, but really, what's underneath all that? What, what do I need to recover from to be safe and protected from alcohol or drugs? I need, I, I need this, I need this condition of self to, I, I need a mute button for it. I, you know, <laughs> I, I need a volume knob for it. And, and that's, that's what the, that's what the, I believe the steps are. And then they ask us to do the affirmation prayer. God, I offer myself to thee. You know, an affirmation prayer is a prayer that you say after you have already made a decision. It's affirming that decision to God. 
you know. I've so. never heard of it called an affirmation prayer before. Uh, that is a very good way to put that. And, and once again, for those listening at home, uh, that's page 63. Uh, and let me just read it real quick because uh, it is a uh, obviously a, a, an important part of uh, step three. And this is, uh, it says, we are now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life, may I do thy will always. So we could stop at every sentence there and have a complete hour meeting on it. But what stands out to you from the third step prayer? Relieve me of the bondage of self. The, con- the, the, the condition known as self that I am in bondage to. And sometimes I don't even know it. I'm self-will run riot, though I usually don't think so. So, so I need to embrace the rest of these steps the way someone who fell off of a boat grasps a life preserver. And I need to do my job with the rest of these steps. And if I've had a true, deep first, second, and third step experience, you're not going to get a hard time from me making amends. You're not going to get a hard time from me praying and meditating. I'm not going to give you a a hard time uh, when you ask me to go out and start helping other alcoholics. I'm going to be all in Uh, because the... The other, the other option is uh, to blot out of my mind the consciousness of the intolerable situation that I'm, I'm, I'm undergoing and go on to the better end uh, or accept spiritual help. This is, this is accepting spiritual help uh, is, this, is this 12-step way of life. Third step. We covered a lot in a short amount of time. Uh, that was absolutely fantastic. Is there anything that you want to add regarding the third step before we wrap up this episode? The only thing I would say is we are, when we make a third step decision, we are placing ourselves on God's team. We are, we are telling God to, to help us help the rest of his children. We are now on your team. And there is, there is the beginning of a deep spiritual experience that starts with step three. Uh, we start to outgrow fear. You know, we start to feel the sense that there's, there's a conscious contact with God as we, as we move out of this third step. And then we need to start looking at the various manifestations of self that have defeated us. We need to inventory them. And that would be, uh, that would be the next step. Well, the next step is going to come next time we get together, Mr. Chris S. Uh, and we'll talk about that when we wrap this one up. Uh, this is, uh, I'm enjoying this journey with you very much. I know the listeners are, 
Uh, I'm going to wrap up this one with page 164 from the big book. It says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit. And you will surely meet some of us like me, Mr. Chris S. As you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. As always, Mr. Chris S., we'll look forward to getting back with you uh, at some other point. And I thank you for your time today. Thanks, John. As always, we sure do appreciate Mr. Chris S. And he will be back on in the near future. I am absolutely positive about it. Uh, it just, uh, I always enjoy our conversations. Now... On to, oh, by the way, we do not want you sharing your gossip or your toothbrush or your hairbrush if you don't have to, right? I know sometimes, especially girls do that. I've seen that sometimes. But we don't want you sharing that stuff, uh, but we would love for you to share this episode with a friend or family member. So pause your device, hit that little share button. Uh, and uh, it may be just what they need today. Now, on to a little bit of listener feedback. But first, I want to say this. We, in the recovery community, are a community of stories, right? It's how we pass the message. It's how we, um, you know, uh, when people, when I go to a meeting and I hear other people share their stories of their experience, strength, and hope, I should say, it gives me a sense of, well, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one going through this. Uh, there are others going through this exact same thing. And I'm, uh, and, and it helps me get through my own difficulties. So if you have a story to share out there, email me. I'm at John, J-O-H-N, at SoberSpeak.com. I would love to hear about it. Who has touched your heart? Uh, is there somebody who has provided inspiration? A lot of times they call that an Eskimo in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm sure there's other terms for it. It could be your sponsor. Uh, could have been a counselor. Uh, a loved one who hung in there with you and you want to give them a little love via their airwaves. Perhaps you're struggling right now and you're not thinking about all the great hope and you need a place to voice that despair in some form or fashion. Maybe you just made it through a tough amends and you never thought that was possible. Whatever it is, Send me a note. I would love to hear from you. John, J-O-H-N at SoberSpeak.com. We're all in this together. As J.D. said on the beginning of this episode with a piece of listener feedback that I, that I read, we are all in this together. Uh, just, just a lot of, well, I'll just talk about me. I am just another bozo on the bus. And uh, I love hearing from all of you all out there. Um, so write me. Amanda writes in and she says, the, the, um, 
Oh, and by the way, if there's a celebration you want to talk about as well, uh, and I love to hear about any of the speakers who have impacted you, any of the guests that we have had on there and how that touched your heart and what that meant to you and how that helped you in your recovery. I love to hear that stuff. Anyway, Amanda writes in and, and the subject line is one year. Can you guess what's coming up? I, I, I bet most of you can guess what's coming up here. She says, hey, John, my name is Amanda. Amanda, well, you came and you gave and I take it. But that's Mandy, actually. It's not Amanda. I don't know what, but they sound very similar, don't they? She says, hey, John, my name's Amanda and I am 388 days sober. Good for you, Amanda. Before I attempted sobriety, oh, before this, I attempted sobriety for about three years, never making it to 90 days. I completely surrendered, and now I am over a year sober. So, so cool to hear. She says, this time around, I decided I needed to immerse myself in sobriety any way I could. Your podcast has been an integral part of my recovery. I've listened to every episode at least twice, many of them three times. This podcast is a meeting between meetings for me. Thank you for your service, Amanda C. Sent from my iPhone. I don't know why she typed that. Ah, just kidding. Anyway, congratulations, Amanda. That is fantastic on that one year. That that one year is, gosh, that's a special one, right? Uh, I, I mean, I know they're all special, but uh, especially that one year. Congratulations. Angelita writes in. Oh, in my mind started. Okay, so there's a song. What is the song going on in my head? Uh, oh, it's uh, um, the... <laughs> It's a, a Billy Joel song called Rosalita, and I know it's not Angelita, but I think he has something called Rosalita. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm, I'm not coming up with it right now, but nonetheless, I'm sorry about that, Angelita. I'm really, really sorry. That's a very beautiful name you have, and I just took everybody way off course. Angelita writes in. She says, hi, John. Well, hello, Angelita. I found your podcast was because my husband is an alcoholic, and after a year and a half, he drank and drove drunk. Very upsetting, so I sent him to the link to your podcast in hopes that he will listen in and finds his sobriety. Well, I hope that opens as well, Angelita. I will continue with the Al-Anon program, whether he, whether we stay together or not. Well, good for you. Listening to your podcast is helping me better understand the alcoholic. I'm so grateful that I found your podcast. Thank you, Angelita. Well, Angelita, I think you have a good plan there. Um, whether you stay together or not, or whether he gets sober or not, uh, to hang in there and stick it out with Al-Anon. That sounds like a really, really good plan. Bryant writes in and he says, hi, John, Bryant here from Sydney, Australia. Well, good to hear from you, mate. He says, I really enjoy the podcast. My story is that I drank for 
30 years and I tried to stop on my own the last 12 of those years where I did the most damage in every area of my life. I came to the fellowship on the 2nd of January, 2021, and I got to doing all the suggested things. And currently I have 988 days of sobriety. Good for you. There, but for the grace of God, go I. I am under no illusion that I have the power to do this. It's all God and AA working in my life today. I don't know why I just got a little emotional of that. I, you know, it, it's because Bryant's recognition of there, but for the grace of God, go I. And I am un, under no illusion I have the power to do this. And I think the same thing, Bryant. Oh, I think the same thing. He says, I really like the Scott L episode. I think he hits the nail on the head with the two fellowships. I pray I always belong to both. Keep up the excellent work, my friend. Kind regards, Bryant. Well, Bryant might. Thank you for writing in. And uh, um, oh, anyway, it's just so good to hear from you. Um, this Oh, this one's a comment on YouTube. I read everything, right? Uh, in fact, uh, there was a really nasty one I got a couple weeks ago. I, I didn't read it because I... Um, how do I put this? Uh, because it wouldn't make a sense to a lot of you guys, but I did, but I did, uh, uh, email back the individual and ask them several questions and kind of trying to hone in on exactly why they hate what we're doing here. And, uh, but I, I, I never heard back from them. Right. And I'm, I'm always, well, I just want to engage these people in conversation. But anyway, this one comes on YouTube. I can't really email the person because it's a comment on YouTube. And in fact, it's from somebody named the Posser Man, I think is what it's called. Uh, and he was listening on YouTube to our episode, Tim M. Alan on an AA completing the program. And then he says, 11 minutes in, and I have not heard Tim speak yet. How about editing it down? And he, ladies and gentlemen, is referring to moi. <laughs> he does not like those intros. And I have people that don't like the intros, nor do they listen to the listener feedback. And I am more than fine with that. Uh, and you know, and, I, and I've said this before. Believe me, it would save me so much time and energy if I didn't put the introduction on and the ending on. But you know, so far, I'm just going with my gut. I'm going to keep doing it. But Mr. Posser Man, the Posser Man, uh, thank you for your comments. I appreciate your candor. And uh, hopefully we meet face to face someday. And uh, we could talk it out a little bit. Anyway, Karen direct DMs on the IG and she says, hi, I just had my one year birthday. I'm getting it. She says each day more is revealed. She says, I listened to the podcast during my drive to and fro work. I, I, I said fro, she actually said from, but I, I don't know. I just, I like that. I like that phrase. Anyway, she says, it's an excellent way to keep in touch with my program. John, you are so genuine and funny too. Well, you know, you should tell that <laughs> to the, the posser man. 
<laughs> on on YouTube. Anyway, and she says, uh, and I have gotten so much from listening to all the shares. Thank you so much, John. Can you add me to the super duper secret Facebook group? Thanks, Karen. Not the bad kind. <laughs> That you know, your your name has been drugged through the mud. But hey, hey, I'm John, right? It's it's like a, a portable uh, potty or whatever, you know. So I get it. Uh, so I should say I'm John, not the toilet or something like that. But anyway, Karen, thank you for writing in. Thank you for your one year birthday. And as you know, we got you into that super duper secret Facebook group. And if anybody's out there listening and says, how come Karen gets to be in the super duper Facebook group? And I don't. Well, this is your lucky day. All you got to do, <laughs> yesterday would have been your lucky day too, and the day before that. But nonetheless, uh, go to the Facebook application, search up Sober Speak Secret Group, and ask for admission into the group, and we will get you on in there. We will get you on in there. Dar post speaking of the super secret Facebook group, Dar post in the Facebook group. He says, thank you, John M for being you. Sober speak has been a big part of my journey since the beginning. My sober date is, is, you know, I've been doing that lately. And, and like I said, I think it was last week where I figured out, uh, you know, on that, that, um, that, that game show, uh, family feud, where they go, and the answer is, uh, that's what I am reminding myself of when I do that. But anyway, my sober date is 12-9, December 9th of 2018. I listen to an episode nearly every night. When I visit Texas, I want to reach out and shake your hand. Well, come on down, Dar. We'd love to see you down here. And he says, I often think of you and the kind words you share when introducing your guests. I consider my service in recovery a blessing, as do I, Mr. Dar. He says, without AA and the Recovery Fellowship, I have met along the way, I would not be sharing these heartfelt words today. Thank you. And thank you, John M. You and your family are in my prayers. Dar, so kind. So kind, Dar. Thank you for keeping us in your prayers. And ah, oh, that's just too sweet. I appreciate it. Chastity writes in. And the and the uh, the subject line is Alan B episode three oh seven. And if you haven't heard Alan B in episode three oh seven, I gosh, I highly advise going back and listening to that. She says, "Hi, John. My name is Chastity. I am from uh, Owasso, Michigan. I have been listening to you and your guests for some time now, and I just finished listening to episode three oh seven. And wow, did that!" hit home. The pain that Alan is uh, feeling in regards to his children, I can relate to so much. It's been four years since their father and I split, and I still feel that that pain as though it just happened. Not so much the pain from the separation, but the pain and insecurities my children have from it. Sometimes I feel like a horrible mom because I can't 
find the right words to comfort them as I feel I should, uh, as I feel I should as their mother. That episode, number 307, was a blessing to hear today of all days because my children have been weighing heavy on my mind. I've got some new insight on how to go about this differently. Thank you for all you do and the time that you sacrifice to help out your fellow alcoholics in recovery. I wish that I could have a heart-to-heart with Alan on this subject. Thank you so much again, Chastity F. Well, as you know, Chastity, I went ahead and um, copied you or copied Alan on that email that you sent in, and uh, I'll get out of the middle and let you guys take it from there. So anyway, all right, everybody, that is it. Uh, We have another one another one, another episode in the books. And I take this uno semana, one week at a tiempo, at a time. And I hope to be back next week. You never can tell, but I hope to. And what else do we have to say? Oh, the other thing. Oh, may God bless you and keep you until then. Thanks all y'all for listening. Appreciate it. I've said this a million times, but I know that you have choices in what to do with your time. You have the TV tugging at you. You have other podcasts tugging at you. You have family, friends, work, all sorts of commitment. And the fact that you let me be a part of your life, I am just beyond grateful for. I really mean that. Okay. Bye-bye, y'all. Love you.